personally. I was married at the time with young children. I had to really save my relationship or make drastic changes. Mm. And also professionally, I was in the wrong role and I really wanted to give back to people who personally and professionally were suffering like me. And it was interesting. So that, that was the thought, but then it's how. Hello, welcome to A Cup of Tea with Mary B, where I have conversations with ordinary people achieving extraordinary things. Please hit the subscribe button and share a review. It really helps the podcast reach more and more people. Please enjoy listening to this inspirational guest. Hello, Katie. Hello. Welcome to A Cup of Tea with Mary B. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. I'm delighted to have you, Katie. Now, Katie, for our listeners, Katie Hassan, is the founder of Ignite, which is an internal executive coaching program and team in Standard Charter Bank. She's also a qualified executive coach, and she's also a secret sunrise facilitator, which is where I first met her. And I'm really glad that you come here today to chat to us about your fantastic program, that you started within Standard Chartered Bank. And just tell us about the journey and the learnings, etc., that you achieved on the way. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, if I think of Ignite, uh, I think of Ignite as my baby. <laughs> uh, it's something that was definitely homegrown. And now, you know, three years on, when, when we in Standard Chartered think of Ignite, we think of it as a movement. So how did Ignite start? Uh, just to give some background, I've been working at Standard Chartered now 10 years and always worked in banking, but I was actually a project manager. I had absolutely no idea what coaching was. Whilst years back I had studied HR, I was definitely commercial banking um, in the business. And it was interesting. It was probably about five years ago where I had two young children. I was in a role that I didn't like. I was working part-time. And for the first time ever, I was probably yeah very early 30s. And I always considered myself an ambitious person, but I, I was working three days a week and I had been doing that for about three years and I didn't feel the inclination to go back full time. Mm. And it was there the first time ever that I decided as a young mom to actually spend some time and money on myself. I know. Can you believe it? And, and, you know, I'm sure some of our listeners, we don't do that. And that's one tip that we must do. It's not about the money. It's about the value that an activity brings. Absolutely. Katie, you are, as I say often, you are your best asset. Absolutely. So whatever you invest in yourself, you're going to take with you everywhere in your life. Great. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Invested in yourself. So I I took myself uh, three days, Unleash to the Power, Tony Robbins seminar, 12,000 people. And it was there that the penny really, really dropped. Um, I don't know if any of the listeners have been through one of Tony Robbins. It is definitely an experience that you will never forget. I've done his whole life university. Yeah. Exactly. A pivotal point in my life too. And I certainly, like yourself, wouldn't be where I am today without that pivotal catalyst event. And then I signed up and did the whole life university and worked with him over 18 months. So it's a wonderful, wonderful event. Exactly. So... Yeah. It was there that I realized that personally, I was married at the time with young children. I had to really save my relationship or make drastic changes. Mm. And also professionally, I was in the wrong role 
and I really wanted to give back to people who personally and professionally were suffering like me. And it was interesting. So that, that was the thought, but then it's how. <laughs> and it's funny, there was all these crew members and later on I've been a Tony Robbins crew member yeah. and I wore, worn the black T-shirt. And I spoke to them and I said, what do you actually do? And, and a lot of them were coaches. Mm. And I had no idea the only coaches I knew were football coaches or netball coaches and sport coaches. And I came back from that seminar doing what any desperate person would do. I Googled all about coaching and started driving myself crazy about how do I become an executive or life coach. And then I thought, yes, I can start enrolling and I started speaking to someone. But then it was um, in my career, in my job, I wasn't necessarily performing. And actually, I was being bullied at the time. It was quite a horrendous period of time. Mm. And so then it was like, I'm not going to be in this job probably the next few months. So I need to make a way. And so I did what any crazy person would do. I work in Standard Chartered, 100,000 people. I decided to write our CEO, Bill Winters, an email. <laughs> and I thought, two, love it. I love it. Like <laughs> two things are going to happen. A, he's going to ignore it. Or B, he's going to flick it to HR when I was probably on the naughty HR list. Either way. And I said, look, you know, you don't know me. I'm some, you know, not senior uh, ladies sitting in Singapore. I've been working part-time for three years. And if we really want to revolutionize and change the behaviors of the bank, I've just gone to Tony Robbins and I've just come into coaching, not knowing coaching somewhat existed within Standard Chartered. And the best thing that happened, and he replied actually, within two days, I got a reply from the CEO. And yes, he put me in touch with someone who put me in touch with someone and put me in touch with someone. And it was, it was interesting. I think anyone who didn't have a fundamental grit and goal around coaching would have given up. And that's what it's, it's like a sales thing. You don't knock on one door. You don't knock on two door. You knock on as many doors as it takes to take a yes. And it was interesting. It was about a six month journey of knocking on doors. And every single time I knocked on the door, I learned. And through all these door knockings, I found 10 incredible employees within Standard Chartered who had a day job, whether they were in marketing, business, HR, anything. And they had all studied to become an executive coach outside using their own money and their own resources. So obviously diversity inclusion, uh, like all organizations, we really want to rise um, women within the organization. So I convinced a sponsor to give me some money and to run a coaching experiment. And as we all know, and uh, coaching is very expensive externally. And so my mission, and it's definitely our mission within Standard Chartered is how do we democratize coaching for moments that matter for everyone? Ooh, I'm not, I, I yeah. love that. I'm not talking C-suite. I'm not talking uh, top talent. I'm talking about everyone. Right. So I'm going to have to pause you there because you've given us so much beautiful information and I just want to pick some of that apart. So let's rewind. You've become a mum. You've got two young children. So how old were your children when you thought, I don't want to go back to work full time. There's nothing exciting me. I just don't want to be doing this anymore. How old were your children at that stage? Yeah, they were probably one and three. One, yeah. So people, I can totally relate to that because once you become a mum, your whole view on the world changes about who you are, what you are, your identity changes, everything. So you then decide to, how did you find out about Tony Robbins then? Well, it was interesting. It was all very random and it was all as we talk about and, and, you know, a lot of your viewers may roll their eyes, but it was all very like about the universe. And I, and I, and I, and you're talking to the, my audience, understand my love for Synchro Destiny and the universe. So you're okay. You're in safe okay, hands. Okay. So <laughs> at, 
And it really was no joke. I literally turned on Netflix and as they do the recommendations, it was the documentary of Tony Robbins. I'm, I'm not, not your, your guru. guru. Yeah. And I remember watching this, this documentary and I was angry. I, w- I was said, who is this man <laughs> swearing? But at the same time, I was really curious and I had never been shook up so much. And interestingly, a few months later, uh, Tony Robbins was first time ever in Singapore. And it was interesting. Uh, my mum was in town. It was my birthday. I had two kids. I had every, it was $3,000. I had every excuse under the book to not go. And I didn't go. And it was interesting. One of the nights I convinced one of my girlfriends to go. And one of the nights they had this artist playing and she said, look, just come along. There's free tickets. And I remember my husband at the time saying, oh, it's just going to be a sales pitch and this and that. Anyway, something inside of me, even 10 o'clock, can you imagine traveling to Changi? Not with, 10 a, with, not with a one and a three-year-old I hadn't no. slept the night before as well. Correct. <laughs> so I travel all this way and I'm in the stadium in Changi. It's freezing in there. People are wearing almost like pajamas. And they'd been in there for probably two days at that point. And I said to myself then, I have no idea what has been happening here, but I know this is exactly where I need to be. Oh, exactly. Wow. And six months later, I flew to Sydney to do the exact same course. So it was all, all destiny. All meant to be, all meant to be. And mm. it's really interesting because I did the Tony Robbins, that event, the initial event, the Unleash the Power Within, at a very pivotal point in my life. And it's such a catalyst and I think, and you mentioned a word there, I think most people will make changes in their life from desperation or motivation. And I think that event helps people that are either desperate or motivated. Desperate, I want to come away from something I don't like or desperately motivated towards something they do like. And it's about that is a real, because it really gets you in quite a fun, I mean, it's, you're partying, aren't you? You're dancing the whole weekend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it sounds bizarre. Um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So you went off to Sydney, you did it there, you knew it was the right thing for you. And then you come back and go, right, coaching is the answer. Yeah. I want to be the person. So would you have had the courage before the Tony Robbins to contact your, uh, Bill? No or? way. Well, I didn't ah. even know. I didn't, ah. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. And it's interesting, you know, you mentioned earlier as mums, time is so precious. <laughs> So I didn't want to go back into a full-time role that I absolutely hated. Yeah, yeah. And so I needed to find a passion and purpose. So no, I definitely would not have, unless I was absolutely convinced that this could, I, I was changed so much and I, it was proof there that I thought this is something that we could emulate for others. Yeah. So he very kindly came back within two days and then, sort of, as you say, passed you on. But what I loved what you said there, Katie, is each person I spoke to, I learned something. Each person I spoke to, I learned something. And then eventually you're given permission to do a pilot. Yep. A pilot. We had 10 coaches. We had 10 women in Singapore. And it was interesting. My sponsor, I kept on saying, look, this is working. This is working. And he said, Katie, you're biased. <laughs> and it was interesting. Uh, he, he called me a few months into the program. And, you know, this is a very small subset of clients, 10 people. And he said that people started talking about these 10 women all of a sudden they were going up and talking to senior leaders where they would have been would have wanted to be thrown under a bus. They were having the right conversations. They were getting promotions. They were unleashing the power within themselves. Yes. And through that pilot, we proved success. And not only, and you know, it's funny when we always talk about Ignite, we always talk about the client success. The unspoken story is actually the coaches. 
And that's the beauty of Ignite is, you know, we started with 10 coaches. We now have 200 coaches. Oh, wow. Congratulations. We have 200 coaches. And I can tell you the face of Ignite is, is not women in HR. It is absolutely every single business area within the bank. Globally, we have coaches over 30 countries in every single department, male and female. And the power of that community, and these are very senior igniters and senior people. So just to clarify, all your internal coaches, all the coaching they do is on top of their normal day job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Over and beyond their role. Over 200 people doing that. We have 200 coaches, yeah. And, and I think, yes, totally as a, as a coach, it is about celebrating the client's success. But the growth and development of the, I mean, it's just making the organization stronger on all levels because every time the coach is coaching, they're growing too. Uh, oh, aren't absolutely. They? And it's interesting, mm. um, about a year and a half in, we organically went out to the organization and we grew from about 10 to 50 just to find out who were executive coaches. And then it was interesting, the MT actually, gave us significant funding and I built 120 new coaches. And what I have said to the organization that these coaches all did ACC, you know, ICF compliant courses. And what I said to the organization that the money that we spend, they all might not coach clients internally, but they're going to come out absolutely better human beings. In fact, I was just talking to a newly qualified coach yesterday and she was saying, I can't believe... I was able to be a mother without being a coach before because it's the skill set you get. I think it's the inner confidence, but that ability to problem solve in an organic but also a process way. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the organization and previously, you know, how it was, you told everyone. Even if you're very senior, you tell, tell, tell. But actually coaching, ask, ask, ask. Mm. And I think it is very daunting, particularly for these senior leaders, to always and to always tell. And actually what this coaching capability and movement is, is actually we don't necessarily, we may know all the answers, unlikely, but ask the right questions and you're empowering people. And it, and it's funny, I remember in the olden days, back when I was working, and I would say to my manager, she's like, how are you? And I'd say, oh, I, I'm not feeling uh, too good. And she's like, okay, great, let's go on to the agenda. Let's go. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. Genuine empathy. Yes. <laughs> And that that was just how it was done. That was stock standard practice that you would never listen to the answer. You would be driving your own agenda with with no awareness of anyone. Language, body language, tone, anything. And we have trained people to become that. And what I love about coaching and Ignite, it's the ripple effect. And that's powerful. And it's interesting, more and more I'm actually seeing is You know, we coached last year 500 clients internally, but more and more I'm actually getting sponsors to actually build coaching capability, which is super cool. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And, you know, I I have a strong, deep belief that everyone, everyone has the resources they need to succeed. And as the coach, your job is to allow them to rediscover who they really are and rediscover the wealth, the wealth of capability they have inside themselves. So I'm curious, you've got 30 different countries, and I know I'm a global coach, so I coach people all all over the world. What have you noticed as the cultural differences, either for being a coach or a client of a coach? 
Yeah, look, I mean, it is very, very different. Uh, you know, I'm Australian. Uh, it's funny, my kids are going at the Australian school here. And of course you have rules, but you're always talking and everything's a negotiation. You, you're allowed to have emotions and express them. But it's interesting in the, in the Asian regions that predominantly, um, I've coached, um, they've grown up with certain rules within their mind that you aren't allowed to share emotions and you succeed. And so it's, there is a overwhelming sense of being perfectionists, um, and upholding your family's, um, wishes and desires. So, um, coaching some senior women in there who are like I was early thirties, completely lost because they've gone through their life with others. So, you know, I think with coaching, it takes a lot more time to build that trust and psychological safety to make, to make the progress that we need. Whereas other clients, it's a, it's a real open book. Yeah. So there is definitely cultural difference. Yeah, I've noticed that too, and um, I'd agree with what you've said so far. And I think you've hit on a critical word there, and so that's why I'm always quite curious as well, you know, this word of trust, because I have clients that could have an internal coach <laughs> but decide to come to me because of the independency, because of the trust element. So do your coaches have to work harder generally to gain that because – it is internal and I know I'm having this conversation, but is it really going to jeopardize my future, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, look, I think it's yeah. a really, really interesting point. And as I said, you know, my mission is to democratize coaching. And I feel like we're very privileged in Standard Charter with 100,000 people and Ignite works because with my coaches, 200 people, no one is allowed to actually coach someone in their business line. So that's how you manage that's it. That's okay. how we do. Okay. So if you're, you're yeah. in legal, yeah. you don't coach in legal. If you're nice. in marketing, et cetera. And there are some circumstances where a coach and a client's match. And actually, you know, we deal with more than our department. And so if that does happen, just like anything, we're both adults. So the coaching client has to have a conversation and see if the relationship will be hindered. And if there is a conflict, we will change. But absolutely, within small organizations where those tiny walls exist, mm. yeah, a bit more challenging. Yeah. So I'm just curious about... Um, you said there, you know, you just keep on knocking doors until you get a yes, which I love because that's a great salesperson. You know, it's like, what, what do they say? Another no means um, closer to another yes, you know. So so where do you get this resilience from to just keep on banging yeah. on those doors, which you still are? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think the backstory for me is, as I said, I was actually almost getting performance managed out of the organization. Oh. So for me, there was no choice about it. It's either I create a role for myself or I do this externally. And obviously, you want to start internally. You have bills, you have children. So for me, the drive was, I've got to make a way because there is no other fallback. The, the position that I'm currently in is not safe. And so that's where the drive went. And now, you know, a few years on, where's my drive is because I'm lucky that I'm at the coal face of the clients and I see them at the start of the kickoff and our programs are four months. I see them at day one, I see them halfway through and I see them at the end. And every single week I receive emails, calls from coaches and clients how Ignite has changed their life. Oh, you know what I mean? So and, rewarding. And so I, rewarding. I, I consider myself like a, a conductor and we've got, you know, the choir and we've got the coaches, <laughs> the instruments, Beautiful. and that's what we are, just just making magic happen within the organization. And that, and that keeps me going is the voice of the client. And, you know, it's the making the magic happen in the organization by untapping the potential within the employees that are already there. 
I mean, it's so cost-effective. Well, it's, it's, it is. I mean, absolutely. it's such a great example of that, isn't it? Because I believe most people, most people come to work to do a good job, and we do everything we can to stop them doing that. Yeah. <laughs> we put everything in their way to allow them, whether it's the technology, whether it's not the training, the right leadership. But most people want to do a good day's work because people need purpose. Absolutely. And, and also from a coach perspective, it is such a privilege to be able to speak to someone and see the world through their eyes. Such a privilege. And so they walk away with a whole different level of empathy and compassion. And if you could imagine yourself a senior person in commercial banking who comes off a call from a client, just how that touches their day. Um, That's also magical. So tell me, we're chatting a bit earlier, about the partnership that you've got that's allowing you to use technology to support this wonderful mission that you're on. Yeah, so it's incredible. I mean, Ignite is always changing and evolving. I I think that's that's the beauty of what I love. It's kind of a startup within Standard Chartered. And last year, obviously, we've always done internal clients. Last year, we took Ignite externally. Yeah, to like communities and practices. And we've really coaching... Uh, Women Win, Youth Business International, and these are these are community projects doing amazing things within the organization. So this is a very different client set. And so for us now, we're taking Ignite external client base. And I think one of my other hit lists that it's funny, I, I looked at goals and ambitions that I had for Ignite two years ago, and I had a wild, crazy dream to put us on a coaching platform. Obviously, when you put crazy dreams out there, it's just about putting them out there. They can come true. As I say to all my clients, be careful what you wish for because it can come true. And that's what it is because it's that line of sight. Correct. It's that line of sight. And actually, this year, we're just about to sign. We're we're partnering with Ezra, uh, which is one of the digital online coaching platforms. They have 2,500 coaches globally and our Ignite coaches, our Ignite clients are all going to be coaching within the Ezra platform. Still on top of their normal day jobs. On top of their normal day jobs. And the cool thing about that is we are really going to get data savvy around our coaching relationships. Mm. Um, There we have a lot of metrics about how many sessions, what the client is saying, because I think the biggest, the hardest part within coaching is ensuring coach quality. And when you have 200 coaches where essentially the coaching is kind of done offline, you don't really get a sense. And also from a client perspective, yes, we do pre and post surveys, but what we know what people are like, we probably only get 20% of that. Whereas when we come on to Ezra, because everything's electronic, you can't move towards another step unless you're measuring constantly. You know, it's going to be really surprising around the, around the data and the metrics and just so we can help support our clients and our coaches more. So I'm curious, what sort of metrics are you looking to measure, Casey? So it's an idea. So an idea, so we we run cohorts and it's four months. It it would be amazing to see, on average, a coach coaches a client for six sessions over four months. And then if someone says to me, who's your top 20 coaches? I could then go and see what are their clients after every single session have rated. And it's interesting, you know, coaching is all about ROI. So our clients, when they come on Ezra, they they state where they are in terms of coaching goals. And then at the end, it's also mandatory. So we will be able to say, actually, a a client that goes on Ignite, uh, maybe executive presence was at five, now it's a seven. Nice. So yes. it's all about what we're Evidence of success and measurement. And, and, yeah. and we did do that in Ignite. Yeah. But as I said, 
anyone's relationship with surveys. People only fill in a survey yeah. if they've had an amazing experience or perhaps incredible, and then you lose 80% of them. Correct. So this will be capturing everything. Wow, amazing. And so you, is the selling part then, because some people will be great coaches but not be able to sell their services. So where's the magic for you in selling the services? Yeah, I mean, I think I absolutely love it. And that's part of my role. So, I mean, I am in very much business development mode and Ignite costs money within the organization. Uh, it costs 1000 US dollars per person to be a client. So absolutely part of my role is talking to MT members and senior sponsors and saying, do you want to open this out? And the cool thing about what I love about Ignite, it's not about top talent. It's not about bottom talent. It's about what's a population of people that is a priority for us. Let's send an email to all of them, inviting them to apply. Let them put some skin in the game and then let's go through an app, a fair, transparent application process. And then depending on their budget is how much clients. And I love that because I love selling their proposition of coaching. And also the thing is, if we don't actually make some noise in the, in the organization about how important coaching is, it'll get lost. And so the cool thing is, is we have very senior sponsors paying for the Ignite on behalf. So, so your line, you don't have to ask your line manager. It's already pre-sponsored. Nice. Uh, so a lot of my role is actually the business development and sales. And it's interesting. A lot of my coaches who are not sales, they're like, Katie, don't talk to me anything about Ignite. Just give me the clients. <laughs> you know, they just, they just want to talk to the clients. They don't want any, anything to do with the commercials. And that's how it works. I can really hear your energy and uh, around that. And what's coming across quite consistently through our conversation is those real strong values we've got around fairness and transparency. Yeah. And so why are those values so important to you as a human being, I suppose? Look, I think, you know, it's interesting. And I have the bugbear where everyone's like, Katie, I want to put my top talent through Ignite. I want to put my top talent. And in my head, in my head, I say, look, I've never been on a top talent list. I've never been on a top talent. I've been in the wrong roles or wrong managers or whatever. So for me, it's not about that. It's all about for people who want to make a change. So for example, if even if people are on a performance review, obviously we work in service of the business, but I encourage all people who put their hand up because that's what, that's what I am. And I also believe that coaching will only work if you want it. And people always talk about top talent, top talent. They're top talent. Perhaps they want to be left alone. Let them do their roles. Uh, so I think it just comes from my own sense of, uh, I just, I just think every, like maybe it's an Aussie spirit. Let's give every, applications open, give them a go. Let's give everyone an opportunity and that's the democracy and yep, the accessibility to, to all, which is yep. so wonderful. It's just part of the mission of Ignite. So, and what they call the old igniters? Did you we say? Call, our coaches are called igniters. <laughs> and I think it's quite cool now and now as we've grown, <laughs> you'll be on a call and you'll be like, Oh, are you an igniter or are you an igniter? And I think, where sometimes me and the team, we, our penny drops is when we hear someone say, Oh, I was on the Ignite program a few years ago. And ever since then, I wanted, I wanted to become an igniter. Oh, and, no. you, and then you just like, like tears roll in your eyes. But most people, it's funny because when I do do big kickoffs, I do my hair and I'll do makeup and things like that. But most people on a day to day, I, I virtually work from home full time. They don't even recognize me because, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm very much just, how's it going? Go in, do my job. 
so it, it's quite funny. So normally I'm in Condido with, <laughs> with Ignite, yeah. I love that. I want to come Igniters. And I think, again, that value of learning those questioning skills for self-growth. As a minimum, you know, everyone should be Igniter. If I was working at yes. SCB, I'd be, everyone, go get an opportunity to get sponsored, to get trained and know more about yourself and how you tick. Absolutely. It can only benefit. And, and the other thing is, which you've said, which I think I totally agree with as well, and, and it's something that I do within my own business, I only work with people that want to do it. You know, I often get people, oh, will you work with my husband and my wife? I'm, Absolutely. But they've got to want to learn and grow. Absolutely. And, and then I can help anybody whatever they want to achieve, you yeah. know. So, yeah, no, it's so, so important. And, and I really like the fact that you're making it accessible for everyone at all level in the organization, not just the top 10 talent who probably could do with it, but maybe not as they, maybe they've got enough confidence. This is why they've got to where they are. And it's the people that need that extra self-belief, self-value, self-worth that need that extra injection of remembering how great they are. Yeah, to take absolutely. to that application. And, and, you know, more and more in our organizations, we're saying moments that matter. Moments that matter. Moments that matter. So maybe you've just gotten a promoted. Maybe you've just come back from parental leave. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going through menopause. Mm-hmm. Maybe just there is a moment that matters in your life right now. And, you know, of course, most big organizations, yes, we have the employee assistance program for counseling. Things like that. That's not the solution for everything. There are some moments that matter that actually just a few conversations would turn the dial for that person switching off. You know, that moments matter, and you've on a real key one that always tugs at my heart is new mums. Yep. You know, you leave work with a baby shower, with a pregnancy, and then come back after four, six, or whatever months it is, and then your life has turned upside down, and you try and then realign yourself with this new identity within the workplace, uh, it really tugs on my heart because it's such a major change and the extra support you need. And this is why we lose so much of the workforce at that time. The powerful workforce, we lose them at that time because they feel so vulnerable and scared, understandably. I mean, I went through a big change when I became a mother as well. And and that's why we have so many mumpreneurs or entrepreneurs at women, which I prefer (laughs) title, Because they've said, I, I can't go back to where who I, who I used to be. Or where's the support, the extra support I need, particularly in those early fledgling months of going back into the workplace. Absolutely. Like, it's interesting. I remember coaching a new mum. She had, similar to me, a 16-month gap, and she was an absolute gun, a machine at work. And then she was talking to, to me, and she says, you know, I've just lost my machinery. And it's like, you're comparing yourself to someone, and you now have, like, have some self-compassion. And sometimes, you know, what I say to my clients, have some self-compassion. You know, as you think of a Formula One driver, you're not, you're not flogging it the whole time. There are times, maybe it's a year for me. I took five years working three days part-time, was not necessarily signed in, signed out. And, and you can continue to do that. But I think it's about self-compassion around, it, I mean, it's okay even for a mum to have the baby and go back full time and, and go. Whatever it whatever is. Suits, whatever, whatever suits, suits you. you whatever suits you, Correct. but be kind on yourself in any path that you choose. It's really interesting because self-compassion and the beautiful work by Dr. Kirsten there, which I love, you know, self-compassion is a major component of the work that I do because we're so, so quick to criticise. And the antonym, actually, of self-criticism is self-compassion. Mm. Complete opposite. And I think when we go through those moments that matter, which I love that terminology, that's when we need to have even more self-compassion. Absolutely. But I, I, what I would say is from that, again, from my experience, is 
some people don't even know how to do it. No. And I, and I think because we're caught up in a world where we're constantly comparing and we're constantly comparing against LinkedIn, Facebook, everything, where it's an image that is out there. And, you know, I've been there. You've seen there. And so you need to understand the game for what it is. But some people, it's when you get lost in comparison, no one wins. And my favorite saying, which I really love, is comparison is the thief of joy. It is. It is. <laughs> it really is. It is. And moving that lovely connection to joy. So I had the joy of meeting you. I'd organize a secret sunset dance, actually, for my very, very good friend, Sharia, for her birthday. And I was out in the botanic gardens, dancing around, throwing magic all over the grass. And then I was holding hands and skipping with you, which is the first time I met you. I thought, she's my kind of girl. I had no idea what you did. You didn't know what, who I was or what I did. And then we connected and had that conversation. And I yeah, knew you, well, you were a spark of joy in work and at play. So how did you get into the Secret Sunrise facilitation too? I mean, it obviously speaks to you. I can tell why you did it. But what for you, yeah, why did you Yeah, look, it was it? interesting. I think it was 2021. So it hasn't even been a year. Uh, we still had restrictions in Singapore a friend bought a ticket. Uh, we were in Hall Park Villa. It was Halloween theme. And I came, put the headset on. And once again, and I think this is when, when I talk about my clients and listen to intuitions, I loved every second of it. But I looked at the facilitators of The Secret Sunrise and thought, who are you? And they actually, I kind of got very curious and annoyed and jealous. And so what, and, and that's where the biggest areas of growth, so whenever you kind of meet someone or see something and they're grinding on your values, well, actually, the step for me was actually to introduce myself, see what they're about, and actually maybe, hey, I, I'm feeling that because I want the microphone. <laughs> I, I want the microphone. <laughs> and, and you've created such joy and movement and energy in myself that I want to be part of this. And there was there and then, and I um, signed up to be a facilitator and what I love about Secret Sunrise is you can do it at scale. And I love scale. You do love scale. I love you scale. Love scale. I love it. Such a businesswoman. <laughs> such a salesperson. I love it. You do love scale. I do. And, mm. and that's how I got into Secret Sunrise. And I think that it's a therapeutic journey. Everyone has their own experience. And it's joy. It's love. And it's connection. It's nature. And it's out of your comfort zone. Well, I enjoyed so much holding your hand and skipping with you <laughs> that we ended up having a cup of tea together. And so we had a cup of tea together and I went, I must have you as a guest on my podcast because you've got such an inspirational story to share. And this conversation is about ordinary people achieving extraordinary things and making what, what you've done has made it accessible to other people. Go, well, maybe she could do that. Maybe I can do that. You know, if I'm a young mum, if I'm not happy in my marriage, if I'm not happy in my job, what can I do? So what I've heard is you went and upskilled yourself. You took responsibility. You went, right, and now I'm going to knock on some doors. And I'm going to keep on knocking because I absolutely know it's the right thing to do, which is wonderful. And I applaud you. I mean, courage, resilience, bravery, determination, dare, and joy. So, I mean, congratulations. And I wondered if you'd be kind enough to share a tiny bit of our conversation when sure. we went for a cup of tea last time. So it was interesting. So for the viewers, <laughs> uh, I mean, I won't send around a photo, but anyone who knows me, um, I'm turning 38 on... Only, yeah. only, 38, only 38. Only Oh my goodness, so crazy. <laughs> so I have been a nail biter all my life. And when I say nail biter, anyone who knows me is, this is really severe nail biting. Everyone who saw my nails would, would that hurt? 
And it's funny, I've gone through life, you know, addicted to doing this, obviously really accessible. And I've gone through life making sure no one ever sees my hands. And that's just how I've adapted. It's been part of who I am. It's not something I've been proud of. And it's interesting. I recently went to hypnotherapy around it. And I, when I was speaking to you, Mary, I knew you were a top hypnotherapist. And obviously, when I was meeting you, I, I obviously wanted to ask you. And so I, I remember the last five minutes and we chatted for so long. I said, if I was to ask for one advice for me to stop biting my nails, and at the time they were absolutely disgusting, what would it be? And your advice to me was that you say to yourself, I don't bite my nails. Even though you, I was at the time, I don't bite my nails. I used to bite my nails, but I'm really proud of the person I am. I don't bite my nails. And so it was interesting. I, and I just took that away. And then in my head, like a mantra, I was saying for weeks that followed, I don't bite my nails. I don't bite my nails. And so when the stress or the anxiety or anything, the happiness is sad, and I found myself putting my, my fingers to my mouth, my brain said, I don't bite my nails. I had convinced myself. And actually, as you can see with my nails, it's been, since we met, at least two months, and it's incredible. And so now I share that message with anyone. So just for the, because oh, it's a listening, you can't see the view, and maybe I'll take a picture. She's got some beautifully sparkly nails, some lovely sparkly nail varnish on, and they're yeah. looking gorgeous. I know, and, and, and as I said, I am, it's something that I never thought that I could do, and I am so proud of myself, and... Um, it's something that we or any bad habit that yeah. anyone of the viewers have is just change that in your head. It's the, as my husband calls me, I'm an autocorrector. So, so what you said was, I used to bite my nails. In the old days, that person I was because that's not who you are now and who exactly. you are moving forward to the future. And our, our language hypnotizes us moment by moment. Absolutely. So we choose the language and, we, and great, great evidence when we change our language. Absolutely. I used to do that. And that's yeah. so powerful that we can have change in an instant. In an instant. After something you've had for? What, the, all my life. All your yeah, life. All my life. Ever since I, as a child. Yeah. So exciting. <laughs> well yeah. done. So I've got three questions I ask all my guests, Katie. And I'm curious what your answers will be. So what advice or emotional support would you give to your 16-year-old younger self? Oh gosh. Okay. What advice? I think it would definitely be the advice is not to listen to society's pressure, not to listen to your parents' pressure. Uh, I remember as a young child, I obviously, like most, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old children didn't know what I wanted to do, uh, was smart, got good grades. And my father almost, I think he did do my university enrollment and I studied accounting and taxation for three years. And I, Spent one day as my first job at Ernst & Young and thought, what am I doing? I'm laughing because it's so incredulous. Yeah. 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 So my advice would be no, find yourself. Also, you know, I had that pressure of marrying a certain person, getting married, having the children and this. And no, I would listen to your intuition about that's, that's the only way you're going to find success. And so I would stop myself in listening to every single one else. And I would not be a victim and saying, oh, you know, well, my parents are really supportive and they know what's best. I would, I would tap into myself and find what I, what would have made me joy. And maybe I would have been a coach from 19 years old and who knows. <laughs> and maybe this has all been part of the journey to make you even a better coach. True. Because of the challenges you've been through. True. You've got so much life experience to share. And, and it is that, isn't it, Katie? It's turning off the noise and tuning into your, I call it your soul, your intuition. 
And what would your soul say about this? Absolutely. Perfect. Great. So what is the legacy thinking you want to leave your gorgeous children? Oh, my two beautiful children. I think it's around the same vein. Mm. And I think that I want them to have the confidence and the ability to follow their own journey and not be influenced. So if their dream is to join the circus and and live abroad in a tiny house or they want to be a multi-billionaire and have children, I want them to, to have the confidence in their ability to stand up to myself and all of society pressure and say, this is who I am because everyone's unique. And I want them to know that success can happen but only when they listen to themselves oh that is makes me cry that's beautiful beautiful confidence in your ability to be who you want to be and who you are love that unapologetically too unapologetically too you every single person unique and never compare again yeah oh beautiful and what are you most grateful for katie well, it's interesting. I, I did read this question and I think in the past I would have said, you know, the typical answer, I'm so grateful for my two children and, and you know, my, my parents and such an amazing job. But I think, you know, I've been through such a journey and as we've alluded to through the conversation, I think what I'm most grateful are all the bad times. I'm grateful for the lady who, who performance managed me and bullied me. I'm grateful for getting out of a, a marriage and finding out what, what do I value, what do I want. So I, I'm grateful for all those experiences because they, they really have built me into the person I am today. Yeah. So I think that that would be, I, I'm learning to be grateful for absolutely every single opportunity, whether it's positive or negative, and growing and using everything as, a, as what, what is this trying to tell me from? Because they will come constantly. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, beautiful. Those gifts you were given along the way. Yes. Both ones that were wrapped beautifully and not wrapped so beautifully, but they were gifts. Grateful for the gifts. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Katie, so much. I've so enjoyed having you as my guest. Your story is so inspirational, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed the spark that you've ignited in me again today of anything is possible when you believe in yourself. Thank you so much, and thank you. Beautiful conversation, and yeah, amazing. Thank you for listening. If you want to follow me, please find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook as Mary Barrett Global. And in the meantime, have fun, learn lots, and remember, every time you make a choice, you change the direction of your life.